Hello and welcome everybody to installment number two of the YDDL podcast breakdown on our rosters, the off season. What did it do to us? Did it kill us? Did it improve us? Uh, are we all just fodder for Alex at this point to destroy? I'm not sure. I'm joined today as, as usual by Alex Leifler. Alex, say hi. I'm joined as usual by my squeaky chair. I don't know if you guys can hear it on the recording, but, uh, it, it makes a special appearance two or three times per episode. So, uh, if you want to turn this, in, yeah, if you want to turn it into a drinking contest or a drinking podcast, um, you can just drink every time you hear my chair go creak. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not like me leaving or anything. It's just me leaning back and really feeling the analysis. Ah, well, um, that is. Uh... That is my cue, I think, to, to, to rein us in and just get us going. As, as with the last podcast, Alex, I think our, the goal here today is just to break down these rosters, talk about who's improved, um, you know, who's gained value, who's lost value, what we think of the team overall. Um, last time, in case you're listening to this podcast out of turn, you might want to go back. We, we broke down Alex's, Stars, uh, Jeff's, and Jesse's. Today, we're going to be doing my roster, Drew's roster, Joe's roster, and Salim's roster. Um, and if you're wondering how we're coming up with this order, it's just the order that ESPN said that we finished based on uh, performance in the playoffs. So um, does that sound all right with you, bud? Yeah, fine with me. It's, it's, I don't think it's the draft order or anything. I think it's just, I think it's just an order. I think it's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm eager to start with mine, uh, and I'm going to let you drive because I think it would be, uh, well, biased to say, uh, to say the least if I led my own roster, but I'll chime in. Um, so what do you think of my roster, Alex? Improved? Got worse? What do you think? I think that it's probably going to hold serve roughly from where it was last year, Um I don't think that as a whole, it's tremendously up or down. Um, A lot of the guys that you have have kind of stable value more or less. I think that David Johnson should probably be the biggest riser. Uh, The new offense there should, should be good for him. And, you know, they're not going to run up up the middle, whatever, 35 times a game, like Mike McCoy tried to do. So really anything other than that, is probably a, a boon for David Johnson. He should probably finish in the top eight backs. Um, what do you think? Who's, who do you think the top uh, riser on your team is? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's David Johnson. I like I like the offensive switches there, and just I think that that's going to improve the team. Um, I, I would say that you know my my sneaky second place is Rashad Penny. Um, I don't think that the world thinks that Rashad Penny gained value, but I think losing one of the three-headed monster in that in that war room is going to help him and i also just think that another year in that offense like it's it, it sounds like the things that i'm hearing out of seattle are that they're going to be giving him the ball a lot more um he'll have to earn his keep but i at least think that there's potential now for him to be the best running back in seattle i, I wouldn't say that he'll he will be but there is the potential for it at least who left seattle didn't davis leave seattle Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're counting Mike Davis as legitimate competition, sure, I guess. Well, I mean, I think when you're Pete Carroll and you're handing the ball off to Davis, like, 
there were two games last year where, where Davis was in front of Penny. And, you you know, I, I, I'm not shy, Alex, with my theory about this, is that I think that Penny is just very slow on picking up the uh, the playbook. And, you know, I, there, there may be character issues there. I don't know. But they took him in the first round. I, I think they have every reason to want to see if they can develop that asset. And if they can, I think this is the year where he'll shine. Um, yeah. And I think in limited action last year, he showed that he can so it's a question of like, can he take the next step? And I, I think there's reason to believe that that was a decent hold for me. Um, yeah, I think Chris Carson's actually not a not a bad back, but you know, as a seventh round pick to come in as a first round pick and to like never really start over a seventh round pick, that's that's tough if you're Rashad Penny. Yeah, um, I mean, from that perspective it would be difficult for him to lose more value than he's already lost. You know, I guess it's possible that people are still thinking about what the sunk cost is in him because you certainly spent a first on him. If you have him on your roster. I don't know. I think in dynasty, there's all like, there's this new thing about like, what have you done for me lately? And it, sometimes it takes players a year or two, not usually as much at the running back position, but there are examples. And I just think, I think this is the year where Penny's going to either, become droppable or become you know a, a running back two or maybe even if things go really well you know at lower end running back one i don't i i think there's a shot. wait That's all hold, hold on hold on hold on rashad penny's going to become a running back one i said there's a, a low percentage shot that yeah that could happen i mean seattle likes to run the ball you're telling me that there's no chance that he wins that job and then holds it down i mean yeah I i'm telling you between you and me, there's no chance that Rashad Penny is an RB one, and I will put oh. that on my mama. Um, should we uh, should we turn that into a bet? There's no bet to be had here, man. I'm just I'm, I'm an optimistic guy who's not willing to give up on the pick. You're a spineless um, better who's not willing to bet on a player they know isn't as good as they hope they are. Well, we'll see. I don't think he's a running back one this year, but within the next couple of years, maybe. Uh, <laughs> let, let's move on. Uh, sure. The, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna let me off this hook. The fish is is escaping. Um, so I think I think players. I'm just gonna name a few who didn't gain or lose value. I think Ertz did not gain or lose value. Cooks did not gain or lose value. I think you could make a case that Zeke lost some value with the legal shit. Um, yeah, I, Watson's the same. Uh, I think there's an argument to be made that AP gained value just because he's still there. Um, in a similar way, I think Tom Brady might have gained value because there's like more talk that he's going to play until he's 74. Um, but, it, you know, I think like both of those guys are probably about the same and neither one carries a ton of trade value. I'd say to yeah, me, your team the... is about in the same place as it was. Most of your starting lineup, Deshaun Watson and everything. You know, I think that like I don't know if you mentioned Pettis. Pettis might have lost value because they took a guy at the top of the second. But I think they, I think did, Pettis yeah. will still have plenty. Um, I just think that. Um, it's it's less clear that they are sold on him after taking another wide receiver so high. Um, okay, I think so, a, so who lost the most value on my team? I mean, a bunch of your your kind of bench guys um, lost Aguilar. some pretty significant value. Um, Aguilar staying in Philly was not great for him, particularly since Philly picked up uh, Deshaun Jackson. Um, I think Marcus Murphy is pretty much done. I think Bortles is pretty much done. Um, you know, you've got some guys who could have gone, you know, I, I'm pretty sure if I go back and listen to the podcast, at some point you were saying that Aguilar has the potential to be a, a WR2 last year. 
I'm pretty no. sure you said that. <laughs> Maybe like at the point, but I think that was before the podcast started. I definitely said that, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think it. I don't think it's now. I think that he's going to struggle to be the second wide receiver on his team, and I think it's much more likely that we're looking at a guy who's never startable again. Um, I think likewise, Rod Smith, Marcus Murphy, John Kelly, Randall Cobb, Quarterell Patterson, Deion Kane, Blake Bortles. I think probably three quarters of your bench will never start again. Deion Kane's interesting. I sort of I, like. I, I want to see what happens in that training camp this year. Yeah, uh, it's possible. I mean, anything's possible. But they did bring yeah. in. They they drafted a wide receiver in the second. They brought in Devin Funchess. And yeah, no, look, there's, they there's still have Ebron. Yeah, yeah, this is he's he's got an uphill battle. Um, but I, I think that it you know the interesting player is Carry On Johnson because I think that he's got a very wide range of outcomes and I don't want to spend too much time on your team, but I think carry on. I've never, you know, I've been bitten so many times by Detroit running backs. Like I've stepped on literally every Detroit running back landmine that there is to step on. Um, Going back to Kevin Smith and Javid best. I literally jumped on all of them. And every time they give you one or two good years, and then they, they tear your heart right out of your chest. And I'm just waiting for it. Yeah, new coaching. I, I, I'm praying. You know, I, as you know, I, I bet hard on carry on. Made that trade last year. So I think yeah. we've talked about that one plenty in other podcasts. So I don't know that it needs to go huge. I, I, I will just go on record right now as saying I like Randall Cobb going to Dallas. I, okay. I, I agree that it's very possible he ends up being very cuttable before the season begins. But I at least like the placement. I think it gives him a shot to turn back into something. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so All right, let's go to the next team. Just well, hold on. Just like, okay. like we like we finished with the others. I, I'm assuming you're going to say that my team is a playoff team. Yeah. This is this this lineup is is well good enough to make the playoffs. Um, uh, I worry about the depth. You know, the depth I think is a little questionable. Um, particularly if Peterson's not startable, um, then you are essentially running with. Zeke, you know, David Johnson, and Carryon Johnson. Well, you, you don't really have a bench guy who you can slot in there with any comfort level. You know, John Brown is not going to – and Rashad Penny, I don't think, are going to be, you know, guys who you would ever think of, like, spot starting. They're guys who you're only going to start if you have to. That's fair. So I, I, th- I, think, I think that I think, your team is a little shallow. There's there, there, there needs to be some more upside picks that I – Require in the next couple months. That's what the offseason is all about. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you made some on. good trades last year to move into Ertz and to move into Deshaun Watson, some of the high end pieces. But I think it's it's definitely cost you a little bit of depth. Yeah, and actually at the depth of next year too, because I lost the one hundred and one, I lost uh, I lost my uh, my DJ Moore, I lost my Tyler Boyd. I mean, like, yeah, the depth is gone. And yeah, at the expense of that was a. A get get a better starting roster move and and it didn't work for the playoffs so um let's move on to drew um <laughs> i love drew's team i have always loved drew's team um let's talk about value on drew's team shall i kick this one off absolutely all right are we gonna let's start with gain value um all right well, actually, I, I'm sort of curious to know what you think about this. Does the world think that Golden Tate going where he went, is that a gain value or lose value situation with him with the Giants? Well, it's cute that you think the world actually thinks about Golden Tate. 
the world doesn't care about Golden Tate because Eli Manning is garbage. And the only hope that they have is both that Daniel Jones starts and that Daniel Jones is somehow not who we think he is. Um, that he has like a Josh Allen type thing and somehow resurrects that offense. But it all seems very far-fetched at this point. Okay, so um, if we're not going with that just because he's like the guy there and like you have to think that, that gives him some time, I'll go with Josh Allen as the biggest gainer of value. Um, I think that the, the Bills have committed to uh, giving him some weapons. Um, I think that that offense was developing as the season went on. I'm just sort of curious to see what happens with one more season. You made several on-record statements last year about saying how you expected that guy to die, like just because of the hits that he was taking. Um, he's still on his feet, and I think that you know people are coming around that he's worth more than we thought he was. Um, agree, disagree? Um, wait, who, who, who did you say gained the most value? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Um, I think that Josh Allen had a lot of running value. Um, and if I thought that he was a legitimate running quarterback, I would say that I was definitely wrong about him, but I don't necessarily think he's a legitimate running quarterback. I think that he runs a little bit like John Elway used to run when John Elway used to run. Um, but he doesn't, and he probably actually has the closest thing to Elway's arm, but he's not as good as John Elway was. Um, I don't think that Josh Allen, as he matures, is going to continue to be a running quarterback in the same way that um, Tyrod Taylor or Lamar Jackson, or probably, um, you know, what we're going to see out of uh, what's his name in, in Arizona, whose name I always forget, Kyler Murray. Like, they're probably going to be running quarterbacks. They're going to have runs as part of their playbook. You know, no one is saying, like, hey, Josh Allen, you're going to scramble to the outside as a design play for 35 yards. Like, that's not in the playbook. It's just something he's doing. Yeah. I, I don't I don't 100% buy it. I, I think he had a great season for what, you know, compared to what I expected. But, I mean, I was also right that he got injured a bunch. Like, he had two separate injuries last year. Yeah. Um, I think, but for me, the biggest gainer on this team is Tyler Lockett. Lockett goes from being the most efficient receiver in the NFL to now having a clear path to number one target. Without Baldwin there, I um, see. But yeah, Baldwin, Baldwin yeah. didn't play much last year anyway. So like, I, I think it's it's retaining the value that that he had very quietly last year. Mm, I mean, Baldwin played though. Like he, he wasn't out all season or anything. Um, he was. He was. I don't have the stats on, in front of me. One leg, man. I mean, like he was on the field. I agree, but like he was not the player that we remember him being. I'm not going to argue. I mean, I'm looking at the Lockett, stats. Lockett gained value, and yeah, but but similar to my team, I'm just going to take a step back and say, like, I look at the starting roster, and much of it didn't gain or lose value. I don't think Doug Martin is actually his uh, starting running back, and Doug Martin clearly lost value. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, so looking at twenty, so just to circle back on Doug Baldwin for a second, he didn't have a he didn't have over a hundred targets, but he had seventy three targets, so he still did command, you know some portion of the offense and that's a team that only threw 500 times last year so it was you know still a um it was it's still going to be a running team this year but if we see tyler lockett running out of the slot and being kind of gen 2 doug baldwin i think tyler lockett's going to be a screaming value considering what was invested. well i am going to say to you right back and i don't actually think we had this conversation as much on uh, the podcast, but chalk that one up to a Schutzer victory because I was telling you for a year 
that I like Tyler Lockett and you were saying he was expendable. So uh, I win and you can bow down to me. Yeah, except you get no proof of that. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know deep down that. in your soul that that is a Schultzer win. Let's move on. Um, I <laughs> also think, you know, there's a lot of questions I have about this team. There's definitely dead weight. Um, like, I, personally, I understand you have to hold John Ross, but, like, it feels like cut your losses. Um, Theo Riddick, I think, is yeah. done. Um, he might not make the team, they're saying. Yeah. Ito Smith is, a, is an interesting hold. I, I'm curious to see, like, what happens there. Um, Geis. Yeah, Gallman and Ginn can go. Yeah, Geis will be interesting to see, like, does he immediately win the job over AP? Do they split it? Like, who gets... Do they give uh, Adrian Peterson the job week one and then sort of make guys earn it over time? Um, how healthy is it? I mean, there's there's questions with that. I, I yeah, I want to see what Deshaun has left too. I think Deshaun might have something left in the tank, and you know, playing back in Philly might give him a little bit more fire. Yeah. So, a question for you. So he's got Corey Davis. Oh man, you, you know um, how I feel about this. You just want me on a rant here. Go ahead. So AJ Brown also got drafted, you know, onto the the Titans. Who would you prefer to, to roster right now if the costs were the same? Corey Davis or A.J. Brown? Corey Davis, but my answer to, to both of them is no thanks. And, like, I mean, if they were handed to me, sure. But I just – I don't believe in uh, Tennessee's ability to actually prospect at the wide receiver position. And it's actually not the talent of the guys that they're drafting. They just can't develop them. And also, like, of all the places that you could go right now, do you really – want Marcus Mariota with like half of an arm as your quarterback and to be essentially in the Blake Bortles situation of last year, like Mariota is not going to have that job in two years. He might in one, but I doubt it based on the, the salary cutting situation. So like Corey Davis is a little bit in, you know, quarterback hell and, or, or purgatory, whatever you want to call it. I just, I, I don't like the situation. I think his talent is being wasted. Um, I think, you know, this team has screamed to me, for a year that he needs to trade Travis Kelsey for an elite wide receiver. I know Drew has tried and I think he feels he can't get Travis Kelsey value for, you know, you know, from a direct wide receiver, but George Kittle is my bet to be tight end one in all of football this year. It's not exactly a huge statement to make that like he was what tight end two last year, but I think he's, he's on the rise and I, 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 I believe in him. Um, So if I'm, yeah, I'm going to take the other side on that one. I'm going to say that he finishes outside the top five. Wow. All right. Now we have a bet. Because I think that, well, if you, the, the stats that he accumulated, he accumulated the most yards after catch of any player in the NFL last year. And that's including running backs and wide receivers. So um, I think that's the stat that I saw. Um, that's not sustainable. It's never been sustainable. And I don't believe that he will sustain that. Um, I think that they also had very little going on at wide receiver last year. Pettis was injured most of the year and now they've drafted another receiver. Pettis is healthy. And I doubt that they'll be running quite the same offense that they had to run last year. I think that they'll have a much healthier spread of the ball in San Francisco. And I can't imagine that we see the same kind of year out of George Kittle. I think he's good. I think he's very good, but I don't think he's, going to see the volume that he needs to be tight end one. And honestly, I think it's just as likely he falls out of the top five. Well, 
I don't think he falls out of the top five. I mean, who who name me five tight ends you're gonna think are gonna be above him. Go. Okay, so Kelsey yeah. one, Ertz two. Um, those are the easy. Yeah, ones. and now what? I also think. Yeah, I also think Hunter Henry is gonna finish above him. Okay, I'll give it to you, even though I disagree, just because I want to hear who you're gonna come up with for the next two names. <laughs> Yeah, I know. The, the, the names are actually getting more difficult uh, at this point. So take away your but, hyperbolic um, statement and say he'll finish outside the top three if that's really what you believe. But he's not finishing outside the top five. Tight end is, is a very difficult position this year. Unless he gets hurt, he's not finishing outside the top five, Alex. That's just a stupid statement. Yeah, there aren't that many, especially, I mean, like Gronkowski's done. He's too old. Yeah, there's there really isn't. There isn't a lot going on. Jared Cook could finish ahead of You're him. You're stalling. Jared, hold on. Yeah, Jared Cook's in New Orleans now. You're really betting on Jared Cook to out. You know what? I'll give you two to one odds on that one. Uh, Cook, Cook against Kittle. Let's go. Five bucks. Five bucks at two to one? Yeah, I'll take All that. All right, there we go. Mark it down, everyone. Two, uh, that is the dumbest bet you've ever made. All right. Um, Let's move forward. Are we have we done enough with Drew's team? This team is clearly a playoff team. It's also a team on the rise. Oh, I disagree. You don't think it's going to the playoffs? I disagree. Um, I think that this is a team that is definitely on the rise. I don't think that he's got enough guns to he, he's got a very balanced team. He's got a team where the bench players the are significantly year, better than the bench players on your team. Ugh. I, I don't think he can. I don't think he can score enough points. He made the playoffs this year. He'll find a way. You forget that Drew's like master of like understanding weather and stadiums, and like he knows how to maximize the value of his team. I mean, sure, weather and stadiums is great, but I, you're also forgetting. I this you're doesn't... also forgetting that he's got Cam Newton on the bench here. Like, I mean, and, and I think Cortland Sutton is going to take a step forward. I like Valdez Scantling to like. I, I want to see what happens there. Um, yeah, but if Barkley takes a step back, you know, he's not – his starting lineup isn't great. He's got great tight ends, but beyond tight ends, what does he have other than two quarterbacks who are both solid quarterback ones? Three quarterbacks. And Saquon Barkley. Yeah, you just named a lot of stuff, man. That's – I mean, it's it's stuff, but it's – I don't know if it's enough to get him to the playoffs. I think some of the teams are getting stronger. Um, Dude, I reserve judgment. We, I think this we, is a cuspy yeah, team. But when, remember this team when we get down towards the dregs at the bottom of the league here, okay? And and, and hey, I, I think even the bottom teams are wonderful. I think those owners should feel proud of themselves. You can, you know, stuff your sorries in a sack or whatever they say. Listen, you 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 you're you're, you're wrong <laughs> to say that this one is not a playoff team. And as we continue down this list, you're going to be like, yeah. Drews was better. Yeah, Drews was better. And this is the sixth team we're talking about. Like, I think I think this is probably a top five team, I think. Um, and also, Drew drafts well. Let's see what happens. But again, I think we've spent enough time here. Let's move on. Um, next, and I'm going to let you go first on this one, is Joe's. Uh, before you, and I, I will admit that Joe's that this team that Drew's team is better than this. Okay, team. before before um, you deep so dive, I'll, Joe, I'll give you that. I, I want to just remind everyone: Joe has picked one hundred and one, and he picks twice in the first round this year, and he has two first rounders already in twenty twenty. So this is a team that was sort of trying to do an on the fly rebuild. Now go. So this team has a lot of players that 
I would say are at the crossroads. I think Larry Fitzgerald and Marvin Jones are certainly on the way out. Um, and we might be seeing the same thing from uh, some of his, like on the other, sorry, the other side of it is like guys who were starters who might not end up starters, you know, down the line. Um, and by that, I mean, Chris Carson um, and, you know, like Kareem Hunt, who I'm still not 100% sure what he's going to be doing other than sitting on the bench for 12 weeks. Um, he's got a little bit of excess talent here on the bench. You know, I like some of the bench players like Tyler Boyd. Ronald Jones has some potential, although um, he's got to win that job and eventually start playing. But I think the biggest riser here um, – like he didn't be, have any moves gotta be Ronald that went in his direction. Right? I mean, he didn't have, like, I don't really think that Jones rose that much. I think that Derrick Henry, honestly, is the biggest riser because at least Derrick Henry showed some life at the end of last year. Um, and I think that now people are finally talking about Derrick Henry, like he might be, you know, an RB2. Whereas for a long time, it was, they were just hoping he'd get some carries. And that's a big improvement for him. I think in terms of fallers, like I, if Melvin Gordon holds out, that's a huge, that's a huge problem. But assuming that Melvin Gordon doesn't hold out, um, I think the biggest faller is probably, uh, I don't even know here. See, I think a lot of, a lot of the fallers from this team, while you think, are actually fallers because they didn't gain value and it's like their teams might be losing value, like uh, faith in them. Yeah. Like Stafford at this point. Stafford didn't mm-hmm. really lose that much value from last year. But there's now rumblings that like they might want him not to be the quarterback in three more years. You know, like it's stuff like that. Um, I mean, Andy Dalton shouldn't be the quarterback right now. I know. Andy, Andy Dalton has wasted all of AJ Green's career and it's horrible. I mean, this team isn't very exciting. I will, I will give you that without the picks, you know, what you have to be excited about in this team is essentially Melvin Gordon and DJ Moore yeah. and maybe the return of Kareem Hunt. Um, although it's really hard to cheer for Kareem Hunt. Um, Agreed. But, but here, I would look at it differently and say this. If you heard a headline about a team in a league that you're not in, that at the trade deadline, they traded Zach Ertz and uh, Deshaun Watson. Would you expect to be excited about that team the following year? The answer is no. And the fact that there's right. a story that you can tell yourself that Joe, you know, drafts well this year and uh, finds himself. I mean, you can pencil Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray onto this team. Like that, that, right. that changes the complexion of the team. Yeah, that makes the team certainly more exciting. And, you know, with Stafford and Murray, you're much better off than having to start Andy Dalton every week. And you still can start Dalton when one of the other two is on a bye. Right. I mean, I think. But I, my you're still going to need. This, this, this yeah, you're going to need some more wide receivers. You're going to need, you know, an infusion of top end talent. This um, is not a DJ, team I like DJ Moore. But it's on, no, it's not. You're but right. It's, it, it was. Let's, I think Joe was staring at a longer rebuild and he sped it up. And I kudos to him for that. I, I'd like to see where he is in a month. Um, yeah, I, I would say we can't not talk about Ronald Jones a little bit more. Personally, I think that he gained value mostly because they didn't address the position at all. 
Now, look, Bruce Arians going to Tampa Bay just gives me a million question marks, and I don't know what the heck they're going to do. Bruce Arians is willing to play anybody and their cousin if he thinks that they're going to give him value. So I don't actually know that Ronald Jones is, is going to improve, but I think he's going to get his chance. And we were writing him off. So, like, that's all. I, like, we'll see where that one goes. Um, I would say the biggest faller to me on this lineup, well, I guess we've sort of covered it, haven't we? We've covered it. I mean, I don't. I think that Kareem Hunt is the biggest faller because he's no longer, you know, what he was. But he I lost that, that value before Mark... the season ended. I feel like this was an off-season contest. Yeah, that's fair. I mean – I mean, Kelvin Benjamin's out of the league, right? Yeah. So, uh, what do you think of? So, I mean, that's that's a fall. What do you think of Goodwin? Marquise Goodwin is probably out of football because he's gonna. Actually, he's not out of football, but everyone's saying that he cares more about track than football. So he's probably done too. Chester Rogers has probably lost some value. Um, yeah, but he didn't have much to begin with. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, all right, we're 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 splitting hairs on some of these guys. So we got one left. In Moving the on. Yeah. Um, and it's Salim. And uh, also, wait, wait, real quick, didn't Joe also win the the championship? He did. So that also yeah, matters. So he's he's picking three times in the first round, if you include that pick, dude. All right. Um, we are going to talk about Salim's team. Um, and this is, an, this is a fun team to talk about, too. Because um, there's a lot of high performance at the end of last year. I'm going to name a few guys. Mike Williams really performed well down the stretch. Uh, yeah, Marlon Mack really performed well down the stretch. Yep. Tariq Cohen basically went from, is he going to get enough of the timeshare to be the running back in Chicago? Now they drafted somebody. We're going to talk about that. Andrew Luck, another year of health. Um, Naheem Hines uh, is interesting here because he has Marlon Mack. I think he locks down that, that, that position. Um, I, I think there's a lot of question marks <laughs> Uh, towards the back of this roster. Uh, like, you know, we're talking Allen Robinson. Does Danny Amendola have anything, you know, to offer? Um, are we talking? Yeah. Like, Amendola switched teams, didn't he? What team is he on now? He's on the, isn't he on Miami? I, th- I thought he switched teams. Okay, well, we'll, we'll um... get there. But, but like, I'm going to just name, to me, the most obvious baller is Doug Baldwin, who retires. Yeah, he's on Detroit now, is Amendola. Okay. Well, that actually, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, um, what's the name of the coach there? Uh, his former Patriots guy, um, uh, Patricia. Uh, yeah. Matt Patricia. Like, he's going after all the old Patriots retreads. It's funny. Well, because he's trying to do a culture. I mean, I understand it because you start with culture and then you eventually build out to the players. Um, and he knows that it's not going to be an instantaneous thing. Yeah, I think, but I, I don't blame it. I, I mean, look, this this roster probably has as much dead weight as any team we've seen. Disley, Patrick, Uzoma, Conley, Mostert, Taylor, Gabriel, T.J. Yeldon are all probably droppable. Yep, that's I, um, I agree. That's a great list. Yeah, Gio Bernard is borderline. Um, Danny Amendola is borderline. I think Allen Robinson I like. So I think that. Robinson should be healthier and better this year. Um, Jeff Wilson probably is droppable as well, incidentally. Right. So, um, I mean, Salim's got so, half his roster. He could turn over and nobody would blink. And it's, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he picked some of these guys up at the very end of the year. 
And I think he's just carrying it for the offseason because he's got the, the empty defense and special teams and kicker. So, um, look, I, but we're all- I love Mike Williams, and especially with Tyrell Williams leaving. I think Mike Williams is probably my pick for the biggest riser. I agree. Because um, he's going he's gonna to get more touchdown opportunity, and that's what's going to fuel him. All right. So then let's take a minute and talk about Cohen. Um, obviously, the Bears draft a very high running back. It was Montgomery, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how high he is. No, but, but yeah, they took it. Sure. They took him high, so they're expecting to pair the two, which means I think that Cohen gets less run. I, look, I, I like Cohen, and I think that this might actually be good for him in the long run. Weirdly, because he's not a big guy, and this might prolong his career. Let him do more of a Darren Sproles thing. Um, but at the mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm not sure that he puts up last year's numbers ever again. So, you know, is that losing value? Is that gaining value? I think it's probably losing value. Um, this, this team, it's funny to, you know, talk about Salim's team right after talking about Joe's team. To me, I feel like Salim missed a couple chances to trade out of guys that he needed to trade out of. Like, he needed to move Doug Baldwin. He needed to move Cohen, probably, at his peak. Yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll still move Julio. I think that's probably his move, is that, at the draft, he probably moves Julio for picks. Um, I know that he wants to get an elite running back, so maybe he will, you know, take a second-tier running back and a pick, or he'll get an elite running back, you know, as part of this. But um, I, I could easily see him making that move with Julio. Yeah, yeah. This is a team that's not that's not that's neither deep nor particularly um, like strong at the high end. But Julio is a very high-end piece. Luck is a very high-end piece. And I think Mike Williams is a very good rising piece. Allen Robinson should be solid. Adam Humphreys and uh, – sorry, Marlon Mack is solid. Cohen um, will probably have up-and-down games. Um, Humphreys is interesting because Humphreys went to Tennessee. And unlike the other guys, he's going to be right there in the middle of the field for Mariota to short on the ball to. Right. So Humphreys may have actually gained value. Um, I don't see anyone other than Humphreys and Mike Williams gaining value here. So I think my big comment is actually, it's, it's more of a year long comment for Salim, which is Salim entered the dispersal draft and he was like, I'm going for it. And he took a lot of third, uh, what, what I'm going to call like end of career talent or, you know, chances on guys that like maybe they were on the wire and they, and they should have been on the wire. Um, I think he built a team that almost won the championship and he deserves kudos for that. But at this mm-hmm. point, I think he's got to fully embrace the rebuild because by the time this roster is up with some of the others that we've talked about, I don't think Julio Jones is in football anymore. Or if he is, he's a wide receiver. Three. Yeah. I think yeah, and, right. Andrew Luck won't be anywhere near as valuable as he is right now. He can't let another Doug Baldwin happen to his roster. Doug Baldwin a year yeah. ago at this time, we were like, all right, that's a wide receiver too. Now he's out of the sport. He's got to capitalize on his older players and get out from under him. And he's got to do it now. I even think there's an argument to be made that he should trade Mike Williams right now. Because Mike Williams is is huge, and I think he could probably get a lot for him in more future value. Like, 
that's the type of move that would raise eyebrows, but at the same time could yield a better roster faster. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what Salim does. You know, I think year one of Dynasty for all of us is figuring it out. I think he did a fine job. I think the next steps are clearly to embrace the rebuild and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have another option. You know, this, this is not a playoff team. I don't think he can he, – he, even if everyone's healthy – I don't think he can field a starting lineup he's going to feel good about. And given the strength of the league right now, I mean, that's the huge variable here is that you have, you know, three or four teams that are excellent. And then you have another, you know, four or five teams that have strong teams. So in order to make the playoffs, you're going to have to beat, you know, a bunch of those teams with some consistency. Yeah. And just making the playoffs is not all that great if you have no chance of the championship. Agreed. You know, if we're being honest, you know, finishing, you're better off finishing, you know, second to last than you are finishing fourth. Well, it depends. I think our top four teams right now are very strong. I would say it, it, you don't want right. to be six. Uh, if you've got no shot, you want to be second to last. I agree. He's got to embrace it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's not, this, this is not a team that, that, you know, you can even tell yourself a story. Yeah. No. That they're going to, that they're going to, you know, end up in the championship game. There really isn't a, a conceivable scenario. So at this point, it's just about, you know, is he going to go for, you know, a couple big acquisitions? You know, is he going to try to get like a, you know, trade whatever he's got left and see if he can get into like an Alvin Kamara or like a, um, you know, a like a, a high end running back like a, you know, or a David Johnson or something. Or is he just going to say, you know what, I'm going to get young guys, draft picks, and I'm just going to push my window as far off as I can. And hopefully by the time my team's competitive, some of these teams that are at the top are not going to be. Yeah, I think that's the move. Well, Alex, it's 941 on a, what is it, a Tuesday? I'm full on in the summer break here. So it is Tuesday, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, good, Good for you, though. How's How's the golf game going? Uh, it, it's on and, and off, you know, today I shot, um, a very difficult course that I play on and I, I only did the front nine because Lily and Felix were in the golf camp for an hour and a half and I, I shot a 46, which is for me pretty good. Um, you know, that, that translates to a 92. So like, I'm trying to get under 90 and I don't think I'm going to get there this season, but I'm getting better. I definitely can see it. Like I've had several birdies this season. Um, but, uh. Yeah, it's 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 been pretty great. Like, and I like it, this 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 feeling that we all know of just like completely losing track of days. It's brilliant. It's really it's great. So, um, and your summer? I know you're working hard. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm never working hard, hard, but I'm working. Yeah, good. Uh, I, I don't get to uh, I don't get to like take three months off, but um, you know, at some point I'll be old and I'll just stop working altogether. That'll be my uh, so like my way of dealing with it. Next year, then. I mean, I'm already pretty old. <laughs> I mean, I'm not as old as like, uh, you know, what's his name? Yeah, uh, jeez, we got some owners who are actually pretty old, right? Well, no one's like geezerly, but Joe's. I think Joe's mid forties. I think he's the the elder statement statesman of is our league. Is Joe our elder statesman? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's Jamie, not, that's not Jamie's that early forties. Joe's mid forties. Uh, I don't okay. think anyone else is is higher than that um and that's not that old yeah so you know and, and age is just the number right 
Like, what was it? Is the Young Dads Dynasty League? I mean, are we gonna have to change that at some point to the Middle Aged Dads Dynasty League? No, dude, we, we stay young forever, like forever young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the uh, that the movie? Um, uh, it wasn't I Love You Man, it was the the other one, uh, that was in that vein where. Um, oh God, this is all happening in my head and it's not going to be good podcasting at all, but (laughs) sorry about this guys, but, uh, what's the name of that actor who's in every freaking funny movie, like of all time. He's in, I love you, man. Like as the main character, like, why can't I remember his name right now? You know who I'm talking about? The guy from how I met your mother. No, not him. The, I love you, man's best character. Um, Paul Rudd. Yes. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd plays like a, a surf instructor in this movie and he he's like age is just a number and then he sits there and he's like oh 46 fuck (laughs) and it's like kind of how i feel about age all the time um but yeah anyway i think that 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 wraps us up and i don't look like paul rudd and he's he seems to be getting better i don't know yeah Um, well he gets younger and, and and better at at being an actor and all that jazz every year uh, sorry for the search for the name, guys. Anyway, uh, Alex, let's wrap it up. I think we got, what, like four teams left to do, and we can do that later this week, maybe? Friday, hopefully? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, look forward to it. And uh, Also looking forward to that rookie draft that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, and since we're so old, try not to die before Friday, okay? I'll do my best. All right. Talk to you soon, brother. Bye. All right, peace.